Welcome back to 50 Cents, everyone, where we don't just make dollars, we make sense. And I'm here with my partners once again, Mike Hubbard. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And the official voice of reason, Mr. Derek Rogers. Hello, everyone. He's trying to switch it up a little bit. He's trying to switch it up a little bit. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> I was waiting for Mr. Rogers to pop out. Right. You threw me off, man. <laughs> he did. That definitely threw me off. But we want to get a little serious right now. I know we joke a lot and we ramble a lot uh, on most of our programs, but we're talking about something right now that's affecting us on the world stage. Uh, we've just passed the one-year anniversary of the 2022 Russia invasion of the Ukraine. Now, one of the things that I've learned about it, uh, as I did some research for the show, was understanding that this this war, this this conflict, literally started 13, 11, 13 years ago. Mm. Right? It's not something that just popped up all of a sudden. I know a lot of people don't even understand what what they're at war about. We have our own speculations. Everyone is speculating. Obviously, no one is in the mind of Putin, so they don't know for sure, but we can speculate on it. Um, but it has been a year since they, you know, what was it, February 24th of 2022. Wow. They decided they were going to go in there and escalate this Russo-Ukrainian war, um, I think, for they just want to reintegrate that land and all that wheat back into, back into Russia, in mm. my opinion. Yeah, it's. Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of surprised that it has gone on this this long, because from you know you always hear Russia is this superpower, right? And you know, I, I when it started, I thought it was gonna be over pretty quick, but uh, Ukraine is like hanging in there pretty tough, which is interesting. Not only are they hanging in there pretty tough, I'm looking at a graphic right now that shows that the Ukraine military um, situation as of February 25th, 2023, they control almost two-thirds of all of that area that they're fighting right now, which is very, very surprising to me. Hmm. Um, What I hope is that Putin just doesn't say, oh, what the heck, at some point and push the button. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. How do you... And not to get off, you know, get off topic, which we tend to do, but from a humanistic perspective, how do you have a war in 2023? Right. Right. I mean, th- think about it. Right. Mm. When you look at historic, the history of wars, World War One, World War Two, you know, the Korean conflict, Vietnam, all that. You look at it, and you see how the the war actually unfolded, the different theaters, right. and how uh, uh, bar barbarian or barbaristic if that's the word that I'm using I mean how how barbarian it was just the fighting and the killing and the blowing up of things technology has come so far now right right that how do you even get into a war knowing that at any given time someone could wake up on the wrong side of the bed push one button yeah. and obliterate half of the, half of a country yeah i mean it's and even you know there's you can we have the history of different wars being documented and you see things on TV and, you know, obviously with the Vietnam War and all of that where reporters were being embedded. And now it's even at a different level. One, because we just can't even imagine that something like this is going on in this day and age. And you have YouTube 
and TikTok and all of these other things where you are literally right there. Mm. Yeah. I mean, re- you're seeing the war real time, right firsthand. And it is, you know, I, my question is, I, I still don't understand the motive. Of the, I mean, I, I heard what you said in terms of you think it's about him taking that land back, trying to recreate the USSR. Right. Right. Because, because he's not going to stop here. No, he's definitely he's not. No so way. So that, that is, but again, beyond that, it's just what is the, you know, what's going on at this point in his mind? I just don't get it. And then, you know, there, there are people on the other side who support him. think he's you know, both in and outside of Russia. We have some people in the U.S. that are supporting him and that, said, that, that say we don't know the full story with uh, Zelensky. Uh, right. Ukrainian president. Right. Then I wonder, too, if it's kind of, and this is, you know, really oversimplifying it, but it's like, okay, I'm this kid on the block with all these toys, and I don't ever get to use them. That's the scary thing. You know? So is that like an opportunity for them? Because like you said, Ken, these... These wars could be fought without soldiers. They could be fought without soldiers, and they could be ended in a minute. In a minute, with probably minimal damage to anything. But instead, we choose to go in and use the tanks and the all these toys. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how much does that play into the mind of the leader when they do this. Of course. That's you know, that th- lead, this yeah. is my opportunity. That's that toxic leadership that we talked about yeah, right before that you right. talked about. Doing. I mean, that's the, that is, you know, it's obviously their ego and thinking that they actually own all this stuff. They have a right to all of this stuff and, you know, going with their own selfish agenda, killing thousands mm. of people, thousands of innocent people for what? And that's another thing that gets me is that, how do you live with the fact that a decision you made led to the death of thousands of people? One person, let alone thousands of it. I, I, maybe that's just me. Maybe, you know, I'm just not mentally as, as strong. Yeah. I could never be president, right? Because we'd all be loving each other and <laughs> for each other and walking around, hugging each other. But how do, you, how do you live with that? How do you sleep with knowing your decision is, is leading to the killing of babies, women, families, just destroying people's lives. You probably have to kind of ignore it. I mean, you're not there in the trenches. You, you're you literally sitting in a room and you're a leader. And that's the thing, too. Looking at a map. And, and that's one of the reasons yeah. why, one of the reasons why, not so much that I'm siding with him because I don't know all the details of the conflict. Siding with who? Siding with the, the, the Ukraine president. Oh. Um, but... I, I enjoy the fact that he's down in the trenches. Yeah. You know, at least from what we can see. I don't know if, you know. Well, at least he wears the, <laughs> he wears the uniform. What was that movie where with the, with the Mandarin and, and it, was an, it was an Avenger movie, right? Your favorite movie with the Mandarin. And oh, yeah. They yeah, thought yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was in the Middle East, you know, doing all of this. And he was an actor. And he was an actor. Mm. I don't know how much of that is actually playing itself out in this in terms of the Ukrainian president. But everything I see, he's you know he's got on his uniform. He's, <laughs> right. he's down there in the trenches with folk, and, you know, and he's really kind of leading by example. 
not just leading by word, not sitting back in his office with his suit on, or you know, or some just, slippers. Just, with his feet up and a cup of coffee. Imagine if we were involved in a conflict. No, I couldn't be. And Joe Biden. Because I'm not, I'm not killing anybody uniform. for you. Huh? I said, I'm not killing anyone for you. Mm. I, I couldn't be. That's one of the reasons why I could never join the military. I'm just not. I'm, I'm probably too, just too stubborn. I'm not killing anyone for you. Because mm. you make a decision that someone needs to die and I got to go carry it out. Right. You know now, what? Why don't you get on a plane and go over there? Look him in the eye and do what you need to do. Mm. Me, that's just not going to happen. And, I, and that doesn't, that, let me make sure I'm not making people feel that I'm discrediting somehow those who are in the military. I give them all the honor and all the praise, yeah. and I give them everything they, they deserve, rightly so, right. for, you know, for preserving um, democracy in this country. You know, if it wasn't for some of these military conflicts, you know, we wouldn't have the liberties that we have today. Right. So I'm not saying that I'm, just me personally. I just I probably couldn't I couldn't bring myself to kill. Them. They, they they discharged me. You know, what was it was what was, what was called when they discharged you? Uh, dishonorable discharge. Dishonorable discharge. Yeah. They kicked me out. It was like, Ken, the, I, I, the 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 object of the weapon is to fire it at someone else. <laughs> I'm like, nah, yeah. nah. I'm not doing that. Well, yeah. I mean, you just would never join. Yeah, I would never Because if you join, you got to know. But you never know. Nowadays, they could institute gonna... a draft again. You never I, know. I don't think we would qualify. You know, so <laughs> I do like, do like what was the movie with Jim Brown where they, they went into the prisons and got the, got the folk? Uh, I didn't see that one. Uh, the Dirty Dozen. Oh, oh, you yeah. went way back. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I go aging myself again. Oh, wow. And they went into prison and said, you do this, and we set you free. Mm. And they killed Jim Brown in the end. Why they always got to kill the brothers? Oh, my gosh. In movies. I can't the brothers live, you know, live happily ever after. <laughs> Who's always got to kill the brothers off in the movie. Oh, no, man. Anyway. Well, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you went, <laughs> you went way back on that. But, you know, there's a, I, I uh, am sometimes a uh, conspiracy theorist. Mm. Um, people profit during war. And sometimes, yes. do you know, yeah. sometimes war. Can we say Halliburton? Sometimes <laughs> wars are, so. are um um, perpetrated. Is that a knock on our door right now? See, I'm out, y'all. That's the CIA. They're coming See to get us. Um, it's the Illuminati coming to get us. So, um, Is that a helicopter out here? But, you know, sometimes wars are started on purpose to be a distraction, Yeah. to help certain uh, entities and individuals profit. Um, and it's, it is always about ego. And even as Putin is the front man, and we, you know, we have this view of Russia. Bet you there's some, there's some really, really rich Russian folk behind the scenes that are really pulling his strings. Oh, I'm sure there are. Yeah, and uh, it's unfortunate, and 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 wars are coordinated, believe it or not. Right. So that that tells you about the theater of war. Right. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, again, thousands of innocent people lose their lives on on both sides in terms of protecting their sovereignty yeah uh you know and they're just this is their job to go do this and it, it's 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 sickening sometimes mm. not sometimes it's sickening that people are put in these positions to have to make those split second calls because we 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 
and and I am a thousand percent grateful to all those who serve in the military. I hate that they get put in positions where they have to make these split second decisions. And then when they come back, they have PTSD. That's the thing I hate the most. What really. are, and what are we doing as a country to care for our veterans Nothing. that have dealt well, with these me, things? Exactly. Well, very, very, very uh, little. little. Very I little. heard a story this morning This uh, on NPR. This gentleman, he passed last year. I think he died at the age of 97. But he was talking about a, a, a black man that served in World War II, how he went overseas and either World War II or World War I, but regardless, he talked about how he served, served his country, and then he said he came back here and was treated less than a man, <laughs> less than a human. And he said, he said, knowing what he knows now, he never would have even gone because he was supposed to be fighting for the rights of our country, or right. the, and, and he was fighting to protect our country but our country turned on him. And so we do that not only with African-American veterans, yeah. we do that with all veterans, yeah. with a lot of veterans, I'll say it that way. Yeah. The care beyond your service is like, is, 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 it's like you are, in accounting, you're depreciating an asset and you right. have, your useful life is done. Right. Yeah. And so you did what you did. Okay, now I'm back over here. Hey, can you help me do this? No, well, you know. And that's how we are. And yeah. so that's what, that's what makes this, that's just what to me makes war so just frustrating. Yeah. And we don't care for the people like we should. We don't honor them like we should afterwards. No. We should, there should be no homeless veterans. No. no. There should be people. There should be no reason that veterans can't go to the hospitals to get quality top care. For any condition. For any condition. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they shouldn't want for anything after they come back, you know. Yeah. And Because we, 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 we make it a big deal. We talk about it. But do we support it? Do no. we, and when I say support it, do we support our veterans? And that's, again, <clears throat> that's the, 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 the what is, what, again... I really wonder what this war is about. What is it really about? And I'm not saying there's in it, you know, everybody has some, some complicity on both sides. There's no, that's just the nature of war. Right, right. But what is this about? And you've kind of already alluded to it. It's money. And I think at the end of the day, because just think about it. If you are a weapons manufacturer, and there isn't no war is happening. You're not making money. <laughs> so, and I think I've heard before that wars are used to kind of stimulate economies. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think everything comes back down to money. So here, so Ukraine in 2021, their wheat exports were valued at 5.1 billion. They're one of the largest wheat exporters in the world. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So is that why Putin wants control of that area? Because then he can kind of control the world almost. Because if he decides to cut that off, you know, a lot of countries will be impacted. A lot of countries. So you got 
you got countries that are big importers of wheat from the Ukraine, Spain, Turkey, Italy, China, and the Netherlands uh, prior to the war, Egypt, Indonesia, Bangladesh. So you're talking about half, wow. of, half of that part of the world is importing their wheat uh, from the UK, so I, wow. from the Ukraine. So I, I think it's it's money. I think it's it's yeah. definitely all about the money. And if I can reincorporate five point one billion dollars in you know in revenue for my government, and not for me personally. Hmm. I'm not saying that Putin put stuff in his pocket, but that's a big, 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 big number. Or just being in a position to kind of hold the world hostage in mm. a way. Yeah. And hey, you don't give me what I want, I'm going to cut all this off and starve you to death, right. basically. Right. So according to the European Commission, the Ukraine accounts for 10% of the world's wheat market, 15% of the corn market, and 13% of the barley market. That is huge for that one is. country. That is. Wow. That is. And Ukraine isn't that big, is it? How, how large? I'm not sure. I think they are pretty big land-wise. But I'm not sure. Huh. That's, wow. that's 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 <laughs> so yeah. I think money does have a lot to do with it. But the other part is that has been um, head scratching for me is the global uh, empathy or sympathy or whatever you want to call it for the Ukrainian people, and hmm. we've been in. There's been other conflicts in my lifetime, but I've never seen. And that's this been a long lifetime. Long lifetime. <laughs> we've seen a lot of conflicts. We all fifty something. <laughs> we all fifty something. But I've not seen this global, you know, sympathy for the Ukrainian people, and I, I sometimes I wonder why. Is it? And I I'm gonna say this, and this is me. Is it because these are white people? You know, blonde hair, blue eyed white folks that are getting all this sympathy because there's been conflicts in Africa and we were barely hear about it. Nobody intercedes, nothing happened. Well, why are we hearing about it? We're hearing about it. So part of me agrees with you, but part of me tries to understand the psychology behind it. There are so many immigrants in this country, um, religiously physically, um, from that part of the world. And when they hear about something like this military conflict, this, this, this Russian invasion, they don't stand for it. They speak up, they say something, they create, mm. you know, the marketing machine behind, you know, defending this. We, and when I say we, I'm talking about African Americans, for the most part, don't send me any hate mail. For the most part, we hear about stuff that goes on in Africa, and we just kind of turn a blind eye to it. But why is that? 400 years of conditioning. That in order to make a place for us in this world, we got to separate. We got to leave behind. We got to, you know, the old field, the field person versus the, the, the house person, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But we're not going to go too far yeah. off track yeah, don't go there. on this. But, um, <laughs> so I, I think, you know, is there a racial component to it? Could be. I think I, I I think what Ken is saying is very accurate in that you have a lot of uh, immigrants from that area that are here that are voicing their concern and their outrage. Also, 
again, think of the media age we're in. Right. Again, we're seeing it real time. They are able to put something on YouTube or post something, you know, and it's out there within hours of it happening, within minutes of it happening. So I think that has something to play with it as well because right. it, it is, we are seeing it in real time. And, you know, there's a part of our society that loves the sensational, that yeah. loves the dramatic. We want to see that car accident. And this is, this is, and for some, you know, this is, this is it is reality TV yep. in its purest form. Yep. And we react to that. Yeah, I guess it's, because you see a, I see a human interest story coming out of Ukraine every day. On the news, and and then I'm like, okay, what makes these lives more valuable than the lives of people of a darker hue in other parts of the world? Well, it goes back to money. Is is am I going to get viewers if I tell this story, or am I going to get viewers if I tell this story? Mm. You know, if 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 we did a better here, I'm on my soapbox. If we did a better job of making people accountable for how they treated us and not just how they treated us physically, but their perceptions of us. You know, there are other groups out there now. You 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 simply repost a link to a video that shows something crazy about one particular race of people or religion, and they go nuts. You're not even doing anything physically to them, right? They go nuts, and it creates all of this commotion and animosity, and then all of these fundraisers start happening to develop programs to go against, you know, this this type of racism and stuff. So we don't do any of that. We we sit back because we're so worried about getting our own. We're so worried about being in the house. We're mm. so worried about making sure we don't get your favorite line. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't know, man. I, you don't know. You don't think it, was, don't it think comes down to money? I don't think it's all on us that where this, this global attention comes from. I mean, for instance, and I know this is not a a, uh, a war situation, but take Haiti, for instance. Mm-hmm. Just been devastated by hurricanes, storms, all kinds of things that impact people. And you barely hear about it. There's no money in it. But well, and it and it that is consistent with the narrative of Haiti, poor, helpless Haiti. It and you you know it's it's like living in the floods. Uh, was it floodplain? Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know it's gonna rain. You know it's gonna <laughs> flood. It's going. This is going to happen again. And so there is you know there's always that initial oh man this is awful. But it also plays into the narrative of this poor country that can't do anything for itself. As opposed to Ukraine, a position, you're fighting back. Look how strong you are. Look how strong we are. Look, look at what we're doing. And so it, it's, and I say that, there, there, I think the media does still play into the various narratives that support Haiti, you know, certain Africa um, being poor, you know, 
they can't they can't do it by themselves kind of mentality versus you know Ukraine look look they're in a position of power they're, they're trying to fight they're trying to they're doing something about it you know they <laughs> so we got to help them wow. as opposed to we're helping them to help themselves in theory as opposed to Haiti or Africa we're helping them because they can't help themselves mm. and so I think that wow. I think that's that's the mentality, and that, that plays into that narrative that is, is subconsciously or, and, and, and somebody consciously communicating that. Wow. So, so let, me, let me paraphrase that for my, my menial brain here. What you said was we're helping some because they're helping themselves. Quote, we're unquote. Not help, we're, quote, unquote. We're not helping others because they can't help themselves. Hmm. That is That's a mind-blowing paradox. Right. Because it should actually be... The reverse. It, it shouldn't... Well, I don't want to say the reverse because you still want to help people no matter what if you have yeah. the opportunity to help people, right? We are called to be, you know, helpers. We, we are called to be, you know, those people that go out there and, and, and make disciples of men, share what we have. God doesn't bless us to keep it to ourselves. But that is... Wow. That was... That's one of those... And even with the with Ukraine, wow, just blew my mind. Being portrayed as these people that are just you know standing up, but how many billions have we given to them? Right, right. So are they doing it by themselves? Yeah. Then you have NATO is involved with that as well. Right. So right. are they doing it by themselves, as opposed to? And I, I'm I'm just using Haiti because no, no, I don't know of any other conflicts right now, but. This is how I look at Haiti. Something happens. I stand up and try to do something. Something else happens, knock me back down. I stand up again. Something happens. So I, they can't even get going. And they're not getting help. And, and the, irony, the irony about Haiti, if you go, go back to, to the analogy that you brought up, which was, once again. Yeah, that is. Um, they were the only slave mm-hmm. um, civilization. I don't want to say civilization, but they were the only the, the only slave area, controlled slave area that was successful in a revolt to repel right. the British. Hundred percent. Back in the seventeen hundreds, right? 1700s, yep. right? Yep. So they can stand up and right. help themselves, yeah. right? Right. So, man. Well, and think about too, though, from kind of back on the support of Ukraine and all that, and what we said. Would you? Quote those numbers again. How much grain? How Ooh, much? I'd have to go back and find know, so, it. So, so like, that that it was also between ten and fifteen percent each one of them. So that also has an impact in terms of who are you going to support? Mm. Who's contributing wow. most to the world <laughs> right. stage? So you know you, what I mean. So if you don't have nothing to offer you on your own, well, I'm, it, it certainly feels <laughs> it that way. It goes back to money. It certainly <laughs> feels that way. What y'all got, Haiti? <laughs> it goes back to money, man. That's that's you. messed up, man. Well, I think we've exhausted our knowledge yeah. of the yeah. Ukraine uh, situation, but I thought it was important, uh, having just passed the one-year anniversary and, and so many folk out there not even realizing why we're in a war or even caring that we're in a war. And anytime there's a loss of life um, to this magnitude, it, it's something that's, that's got to make your ears perk up and you've got to listen and try to understand because hopefully we can make this world a better place at some point next generation will do a little better yep. than we certainly have because we're not we're not getting a passing grade at this point no we're not we're not 
Well, we thank you, gentlemen, for uh, I thank you, gentlemen, for being here with us once again. I'm Ken Jenkins with my trusty partners, uh, Mike Hubbard. Thank you, and Derek Rogers. Afternoon, everybody. The official voice of reason of the show. We'll see you on the next episode of Fifty Cents. Peace.